When the puck drops tonight at PPG Paints Arena, Ricard Raquel will not be on the first line any longer. Raquel having been the only quality forward the team had on this Western Swing. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates that I hope you'll check out. It'll be Penguins versus Bruins tonight. That's an 8.08 p.m. face-off for national TV. I'll be there covering it for DK Pittsburgh Sports. And I'm looking forward to it, if only because I haven't been around the team for a while since they had that five-game trip that everyone would like to forget about. This is a chance, in more ways than one, to start new. The Bruins have the best record in the East, and they've done that without a couple key pieces, notably Brad Marchand, for a big chunk of that. That's something of a surprise, never an excessive surprise when it comes to Boston, but it's a nice test. It's a nice... uh, splash of cold water to the face, especially coming home after the long trip. You know all the proverbial stuff about that. This shouldn't be, this can't be one of those games where they just say, oh, we're tired from the trip. It's going to be difficult. Uh Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Not when you lose four in a row and not when those losses include, uh, you know, an outcome against the Canucks and against the Kraken and being as flat as they were, particularly 5-on-5. So 5-on-5 is what's needed. Yesterday's episode was invested in looking at the core's role in that lack of 5-on-5 production. And, oh man, I really feel like I got to tiptoe through this subject. Not because I'm worried about any repercussions or anything like that. That stuff doesn't exist in this business. It's all just a narrative but more because I don't want to be misunderstood. I am not the guy who criticizes Sidney Crosby, okay? He's been around for a long time. He's one of the greatest athletes in the history of the sport, one of the greatest athletes and human beings in the history of our city. Okay, now that we have that part out of the way, and I hope my reputation for respecting Sid precedes me, I I don't like the fact that Raquel was taken off that line yesterday and moved back to the line with Evgeny Malkin for practice. And I don't like that that's apparently the way that it's going to be tonight, because that's always kind of the answer, isn't it? Anytime Sid and or Jake Gensel struggle, it's let's get the band back together. And that's what's going to happen tonight because Brian Rust is going to be back with those guys. You will see Sid, Jake, and Rust, and Gino gets whatever's left. Now, in a normal context, this would be awesome, meaning Gino would get the guy who's been the Penguins' most effective forward of late. In fact, maybe their only effective forward of late in Raquel. Problem is, Gino and Raquel haven't exactly shown a whole heck of a lot in their time together. It's been limited, but not that limited. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how one dollar can be turned into five full meals. 
for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. So it's Gino, Raquel, and Jason Zucker. Or if Zucker, for whatever reason, can't go, it'll be Danton Heinen. And Gino will pay the price for the lack of chemistry between him and Raquel. When Raquel was signed, and it was a significant contract that this team committed to that player in an offseason that you really didn't think they'd be able to pull that off, or a lot of these contracts, it was done with the very obvious intention of bringing the best out of him, but also to making sure that you had a top six underscore top six. And as such, as I've been saying for months now, that was only going to happen if Raquel worked out with Sid and Jake. Well, I got to be honest with you. Not only did Raquel work out with Sid and Jake, Raquel was better than them over the last little while. Jake was hurt. That's not fair. But he's been more productive and more visible than Sid has of late. Doesn't mean that that would hold up over a full season. But what you're trying to do is to get out of a rut right now. And what you're trying to do further is to make sure that you have the best possible hockey team that you can have come April. And this isn't it. This isn't it. Barring some stunning turnaround in the chemistry between Malkin and Raquel, what you're going to see is more of the same from that line. And you're not going to have an effective second line. And you're going to be reduced to a one-line team, even if Sid, Jake, and Rust get it going tonight, as I expect that they will, because they always do. That is short-sighted. Now, when Mike Sullivan was asked about this after practice yesterday in Cranberry, this was his response. We have our reasons of why we make those decisions, uh, whether it be in-game or things of that nature. Uh, but the, uh, what I will tell you is, is that uh, those decisions uh, you know, are thought through uh, thoroughly before those, those types of decisions are made. But what I would anticipate moving forward, it wouldn't surprise me if, if, if that, those decisions move throughout the course of the season. That was something we anticipated going in. The, the positive side, what we think, is that we have options. We have options in the top six where we can move people around, Sid and Gino, uh, so that we can try to give them both what they need to, to, uh, to do what they do best and, and help us create the balance that we need in order for us to be hard to play against and give our team a better chance to win. Not to get all conspiratorial on you here, but Sullivan answers pretty much every question that you ask him, or he'll at least make an attempt to answer it within what he feels comfortable uh, divulging that doesn't give away some sort of strategies or team secrets. This subject isn't that. So for him to just kind of back off his answer there, and again, I don't have to guess at this sort of thing because I've been covering all of them for a while now. <laughs> this is a matter of either being lobbied by Sid or Sid sending visible, tangible signals to that effect. Sid always wants to be between Jake and Rust. And Sid was not a factor in those last handful of games on that trip, not since the first period in Edmonton. And that's, 
to look at that situation and to say, whether it's Sid or anybody else, to look at that situation and to say, wow, we really need to, we really need to make sure that we take care of Sid first as opposed to doing what's best for the team overall, whether that's coming from Sid himself or Sullivan or even above, it just doesn't sit well with me. And I'm sorry if that offends your Sid sensibilities or whatever else here. Um, He is everything that he is, but he's not above uh, in-game, in-season criticism. When we come back, J1Q. from Bill Boyd who asks DK do you think these players for the Penguins know or appreciate the fact that we count on them to provide our only spot of light against the devastating despair at the hands of our other professional sports franchises in Pittsburgh I love and watch all three teams but we kind of need one of them to not stink let's go Pens Bill here's how I have to answer that both Sid and Gino are intensive and knowledgeable football fans. And when I say that, I do mean Pittsburgh Steelers fans. They don't have allegiances to other teams, and that kind of makes sense because Sid grew up in Maritime Canada, and Gino, of course, grew up in Russia. So they didn't have an NFL team, obviously, in their neighborhood, and they didn't even have a CFL team in Sid's case or any FL team in Russia. They've adopted the Steelers in every way. Sid, anytime he has a free second with me, will invariably bring up the Steelers because he knows I cover them as well. And it'll always be some really super specific, semi-arcane thing about a certain personnel decision or depth chart or strategy. So yes, they're very much into it. Most of these guys wouldn't have any idea what you're talking about, though, Bill. Let's be real here. Uh, Other than the ones who've been around for a long time, like Sid, Gino, Jake, Brian Dumoulin, obviously Chris Letang, uh, they've been here for a while, and they're very much a part of the Pittsburgh community. And to an extent, yes, they're going to understand that the city wants them to succeed in large part. Because they're it right now. Uh, Between the Steelers being two and six and the Pirates just being the Pirates, it's understandable. I can tell you this, Bill, that whenever the Penguins won their home opener and that crowd was super into it right after things had really started to go wrong for the Steelers, there was more of a hop to that crowd than what's the norm at PPG Paints Arena. Now, you can call that a coincidence. I'm not prepared to go psychoanalyzing 18,600 people at a time. But it felt like everybody was like, yay, this team's at least going to be competitive. I also think, though, that within this market, within this city, that's also why a lot of people might have taken this four-game losing streak that the Penguins are carrying into this game tonight a lot harder than they normally would. Because it's starting to feel like 
man, they're all terrible, and there's no hope for any of them, and this this one will get people to bite my head off, but the team that has the most young talent and the most promise out of them is, mm-hmm, yeah, can't even say it out loud, but it just might be true. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. Thank you.